2: Of the horn. Going. Everything that we do every day, we want to be a champion. Get your mind right and let's go. Do the little things. Win every day. is so blessed we play so far.
1: Everything with an attitude. Alabama. I don't
2: give a shit who we're playing. I don't get into what you playing against. And make us ask a That's our framework. That's our M O. With
1: the team. Richardson breaks free on the sideline. This is a mauling, folks, a mauling. Hear the tide, honey
3: badger. I- Hello and welcome to another edition of the Alabama Football Podcast. Tom Saturday night offered a delight in Dixie with the Tide cruising over Missouri, but um, it wasn't without some harrowing moments, right?
2: Yeah, man, I remember turning to you in the stands at the, you know, at the in the first quarter, and Missouri has now just scored to, you know, put their tenth point on the board and make it thirteen to ten, and. You know, our our we we were you and I both called for Missouri to get 10 points on the game. And so that was that was looking a little bit dicey um, at that point. And, um, you know, definitely things turned around the remainder of the game and uh, was glad to see that, you know, we only gave gave up 10 points to them on the day.
3: Yeah, the fact that we shut them out for three quarters is is definitely something to be proud of the way they fling it all over the yards. We held them significantly below their total yardage, their point totals, and certainly their passing yardage as well. So, you know, we'll spend more time talking about defense, but uh, I think we can be proud of that effort. Uh, The irony is how quickly we become spoiled. 39 points seems, seems disappointing, and surely that cannot be.
2: No, this is true. Now, also, too, man, uh, just to note, Drew Locke is currently, you know, slotted as the number two quarterback to go in the NFL draft. Um, So, obviously, he is very well thought of uh, in in NFL circles. He was missing uh, two of his wide receivers uh, who had not played for the second game in a row, which obviously uh, one of those guys, uh, or both of those guys, you know, we expected to possibly see some. And so not having, you know, two of your weapons definitely makes a difference uh, because that team doesn't have the depth that we do. Right. Right. I mean, even if we lose a couple guys in years past, that would have been devastating. Right. Well, one guy. Right. Because we threw the ball to one guy for so many years. Um, But obviously it did. Obviously, it helped us that those two guys were not able to go uh, for. uh, We don't know what the reason is. Uh, obviously, with Diggs not being in there, uh, it was uh, very helpful uh, that Drew Locke was not able to pitch it around to you know to those two guys as well.
3: Right, right. You know, we had a couple of injury scares, if you will, on on our side, and um, you know, you, you know, sort of pick a position. Right? Do you want to talk about wide receivers or quarterback?
2: You know, I think let's start uh, let's start with quarterback. You know, Tua, you know, got banged up uh, the week before. And um, you know, was surprised he came out in the second half of last week's game. Uh, from my perspective, uh, just because of what the score was, mm-hmm. uh, but he came out with a knee brace and um, came out and you know played another series, and and then you you could tell that he was done. And at that point, you know, he wasn't even holding for extra points at that point. And uh, next thing you know, Mac Jones is in there, you know, in the third quarter to do that, and. And that you know continues to be the case, and so I, I appreciate him wanting to go, you know, in the second half last week. But I, I wish maybe they would have just held him out and just let him experience third quarter on the bench to go with fourth quarter on the bench. What what do you um, what do you think about the decision today, or you know, in this game? What do you think about him? What do you think about him playing as much as he did? Or specifically, what do you think about him scrambling on that play, which obviously re-aggravated that knee?
3: Yeah, I think, you know, we're not close enough to the program and the players and sort of the and and certainly, you know, the medical staff to 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 truly know. Right. And so a lot of what we're doing is sort of reading the tea leaves and, you know, we don't know what we don't know. So and 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 I say that really to say this, when. When he went down, when Tua went down last week, um, obviously there was some concern, and he came back to the game and had a brace, and TV picked that up, and my thought was, okay, he's good then, that I'm not going to worry about this. He came back into the game, and, and then he went out when he went out, and... And okay, if he's got a little bit of a knee, then maybe you don't want him to hold. maybe I don't want him holding anyways. I like the idea of having a quarterback there because they're used to having to do something with the ball if it's a scramble type situation with a bad snap or something. but you know, we you know Mac or Jalen can do that, right? So so I didn't read anything into that. Uh, when he came out and started this week, I didn't read anything into that. Uh, and in fact, he performed very, very well early in the game. And so I thought, you know, this is something that he can play through. He's going to be all right. I wonder, and so he sprained his knee uh, a little bit, and I've never had that as an injury. But I I wonder if in a practice, a couple-hour controlled practice where he's got sort of a bubble around him, no one's hitting him, there's a certain level of stress he's putting on the knee, but very differently than what you would see in a game and so I wonder if he didn't come out and perform well and look sort of at his level early in the game and then there was a level of fatigue that started to set in um, not from a win standpoint but on the knee and still though when he came back in and he kept coming back in I took that as a sign that everything was okay when he went down There's a little bit of hindsight. And what's funny is how quick things change when he took off scrambling because he had already been limping a little bit when he took off scrambling about mid scramble. I thought, oh, that knee's good then. And then, of course, he didn't get up uh, immediately after that. So I don't know. There's a lot of hindsight into it. I think that. It's easy to say why did he play? Maybe he shouldn't have played. I'm not sure. I buy all of that. I'm glad that you know he was listed as day to day. They said that he could have come back into the game. I like hearing that. Um, I think if if we reduce his workload this week in practice, and then we'll talk about next week's game. But if we w- reduce his workload over the next you know six days, then he'll have a week off, and I think that'll bode well for him too. So. That That's kind of where my head is on that. I, it, it was a lot of hindsight, reading the cues that were provided, I, nothing seemed unusual or no, suspect. But then, you know, the result is he dinged it again. But, you know, a re-aggravated sprain. I think I think he just needs ice and rest.
2: He wasn't the same um, on the series, uh, right after you know the series that bled into the you know beginning of the second quarter, yep. uh, On a roughing passer, uh, roughing the passer call, um, where he took a shot, um, you know, in that lower area. I, I'm not going to say the guy went for his knee, but definitely, you know, he he came up gingerly after that sure. hit. You're a competitor, right? It's easy for us to sit back and and you know in our in our vantage point and and say he shouldn't have scrambled it. Uh, But, you know, we always call it straight on this show. And so I'm going to tell you that it was third and 10 at the Alabama 38. And you're up 30 to 10. And it's your first series of the second half. And he's got to learn sometimes to throw the ball away, right? We used to talk about Jalen. If it's not there, just it's not there. Punt the ball. And so at that point, you know, I, I think that, you know, I wonder if anything was said to him um because of how he responded to that, you know, that hit in the first uh first second quarter as far as not scrambling. Because in that situation, you've got to make a better decision. And so I'm not trying to be too critical, but I, I think that right there, if it's not there, you throw the ball away, you punt, and um your team needs you upright. And so I think that scramble there was ill advised
0: yeah
3: I think you're right and uh, in in and again sort of the the competitive juices take over i I go back to probably the knee had been bothering him and the additional fatigue of a game which is gonna be different than than of a, of a practice. I think that sort of wore on him. I think he his he demonstrated he started this show uh, you know demonstrating that he wasn't as comfortable sort of striding through his passes, which made him you know a star instead of a superstar with, with his, his accuracy. Um, I think there probably was a point where we could have been more aggressive in taking him out. You know, you know, there's a plain line that, that uh, a trend line that he plays at. And I think we could have said he is starting to dip below that and, and not just dip below it, but, his trend line is, is going down now. He's not, it's not plateauing just below what he normally does, but it's starting to go down. Let's get him out because it's his knee. It's his, the stress on the knee, the fatigue on the knee. And I don't mean it's, it's, he's runs the risk of more injury. It's just, there's a strain. And when you sprain something, you can, you know, you can do, four reps, but you can't do 12, you know, that type of thing. Right. And so I think that, I think he was getting into a fatigue and we could have brought him out. I know hindsight's, you know, 2020, and it's easy to say when he, when he didn't get back up, then, you know, then obviously he wasn't going to go back in even if he could have at that point, but it would have been nice. Maybe that that didn't happen and we take him out a series early, but I get the competitive spirit on it too. And I don't want to knock a kid for, uh, for that and I, and especially i don't want to knock a kid for that in the dynamic in the culture that saban has crafted for this team it's very much an nfl model where you know you can't make the club in the tub your best ability is your availability and so i and and you know the nfl's like that and i think saban breeds that culture on his team And so, I, you know, at the same time, you can't fault Tua and and the team for putting him in in that situation because there's a little bit of that's what we do.
2: No, that's true. Well, I am, you know, obviously, um, it'll be interesting to see how they manage practice this week and how they manage this next game because now, to your point, right, he's obviously, you know, tweaked it again. And so your point is valid about last week at practice and it's a controlled environment and, and you know, you've got a black jersey on, et cetera. It'll be interesting to see how they play it this week. And um, it'll be interesting to see uh, how much he plays, you know, this coming weekend. Um, what, what do you think real quick? We talked about, you know, the couple plays with Jalen at the beginning of the Arkansas game and putting some stuff on tape. Uh, what, what was your thoughts of, Lining him up in the slot and um, you know throwing a pass to him and uh, what 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 is we are we just putting just putting different things on tape just because?
3: Well, yes, I do. I do think that um, I think we are putting stuff on tape and different types of things on tape. You know, just because and and just because a defensive coordinator has to has to account for it. You know. He, he, you know, last week he came in and, and, you know, lined up Well, this week, he caught a pass this week, he sort of ran what looked like it was going to be an end around type play, and he threw a pass. And so he did a couple of different things. And it's almost like, you know, we're not going to do everything at once, but we're going to just turn the page. And every next page is a, is a little different wrinkle. And it's not that that's going to be our offense, but it's going to be a wrinkle within the offense. And. And it's one of those things you can go down. I mean, I I saw an article that's like, here's 17 plays that Alabama should run with Jalen, you know, with both quarterbacks in. And you start to go down a wormhole. If you allow yourself, think of your defensive coordinator and, you know, you put your tenfold conspiracy hat on and you start to think about here are all the things that they could do with both of, and then you could like drive yourself mad thinking about all of the stuff that we could do. And, you know, that's two plays out of a 70 play, you know, sequence. Right. And so you can allow yourself to go a little bit nuts and the, and every time that we do like one more thing, it just opens up another sort of Avenue of what we potentially could do. And the beauty of it is we probably, have two or three plays that we're going to do and we probably run them 50 times and, you know, probably not 50 times, but we probably run them, you know, 20 or 30 times during the week. And and they're different and they're diverse and they show another little bit of wrinkle, but we've practiced, but we have practiced them, you know, 30 times and it's two plays, but as a defensive coordinator, you don't know what they are and you have to, you have to dedicate some level of attention to it. I mean, I love it. I I really do.
2: So you think we're going to see a few more plays each week going forward?
3: I do. I do.
2: Okay. Well, um, you know, obviously, um, just uh, switching gears to to wide receiver for a second, you know, Devonta Smith looks like he was pulled down in an awkward way uh, on that out-of-bounds play. Um, Obviously looked, you know, worse from the sidelines at first glance. In Saban's press conference after the game, it was glad to you know glad to hear just a pulled muscle, man. Uh, I think uh, between him and and Rugs, um, which they're calling a sprained ankle, you know, seems like we we definitely dodged a bullet with both of them.
3: Yeah, I had a uh, you know when Rugs went down and he came back in. Again, we don't know what we don't know, and so the fact that he came back in and you can reason should he ever shouldn't have that's a fair discussion. That he did was indicative of of Okay, well, it's an injury of a sort that, and look, rest is going to help any injury, uh, but it's an injury of a a sort that he can come back in and play. I mean, he didn't tear up his knee, right? And so there's at least a little bit of exhale that goes with that. The fact that, you know, Smitty looked to be more injured. He was down for so long, and uh, typically, you know, we've seen what that can mean. Um, You know, he walked off to the locker room. Yeah. A lot of times, when players, um, you know, tear up a knee ligament, they can still walk. Uh, so, and and sometimes they don't have surgery for multiple days, and and so they can still walk. And we've seen this in the NFL. You know, Carson Wentz went down, you know, last year and tore up his knee, and and I thought, oh, he's fine. He got up and walked off the field, and and you know, of course, there was more damage there. We've had a punter actually continue to punt the ball, you know, with uh, with an injured knee, and so. The fact that he walked back to the locker room rather than being, you know, being carted off, I didn't read. I didn't. That didn't mean anything to me because he still could have been hurt. Now he came back at half, dressed in uniform and looked like he was trying to give it a go, and then that didn't work out, and and so he went back to the locker room and put on civvies. And so there was a little me that, a little bit of me that said, well, I guess that means he's okay, but. But you know he didn't come back into the game, and so I was, you know, to your point, long way of getting there. Uh, to your point, I am glad that that he's going to be day to day, that he's going to be okay. But I, I was I was really concerned, and I think some time off is going to help him. The biggest concern, you know, and sort of the sort of the segue, is the depth at wide receiver. I mean, I, I like our top four as as good as anybody. The top three, you know, plus plus, you know, Jalen, Jerry, Judy being the other guy, but we quickly run into. You know, I like Derek Keefe. I think he's, you know, a senior on the team. I think he runs solid, you know, sound routes. You know, we talk about coach looking for floors and not ceilings. And so, you know, Keefe provides that. Late in the game, we saw some Xavier, Xavier Marks at wide receiver. Uh, and you start to realize we get real thin at receiver, you know, quickly. And that – for a little bit, I'm confused by that. Uh, you know, we saw Tyrell Shavers in for just a little bit and uh Chidarius townsend who looked really good in a day he just looked really athletic and fast and uh, uh you know a weapon type player in a day and the fact that he can't see the field beyond special teams continues to amaze me i mean put him out on the edge and let him you know run the you know run a post just uh just to make the defense you know realize they've got another blazer over here i don't know why we don't do that and i hope in these next next few weeks we put more receivers out there just to give them run, just to give them reps, because man, scary on Saturday. It looked like we might have to dig into that well. And it's thin right now.
2: Well yeah. I mean, between the between the you know, the three of them, having two of these guys go down, you know, relatively quick, you know, close order to each other definitely showed that. And when that happened, you didn't see Derek Keefe. And the fact that you didn't see Xavier Marks until the very end of the game. You know, the only other guy you saw was Waddle, right, who's a true freshman. And so that speaks a little bit to their comfort level as to who they have out there. Because, you know, when Devonta Smith went down and they were running three wides, it it was basically, you know, thank goodness you have confidence in Waddle in there because it was Waddle, Judy, and Ruggs. And and then, you know, when Ruggs goes down, only then uh, did you start seeing Derek Keefe. And so it is interesting, you know, with the depth that they do not have, it is interesting to see how they really were holding back with with who they were playing. and 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 I think a little bit of this speaks to, you know, just we are getting more into the meat of the schedule. And you know, so to your point, why didn't we see more Townsend and shavers and marks and Keith, right, you know, a couple of weeks ago, right? And so I, I guess the question becomes, you know, why didn't you see more of these guys against the Raging Cajuns, right, uh, and see them a little bit earlier? Um, if you need to – if you feel like they're not ready yet, then I think that either that was an opportunity or last week's game, which was obviously not in doubt, you know, even though Arkansas put up 31 points, the last two weeks would have been an opportunity to, to get those guys out there. Uh, and maybe now the coaches are going to say, "Hey, <laughs> uh, we need to do this because of of what could have happened."
3: Yeah, you know, it, it, you're exactly right. You think like, gosh, if there was only a way that we could have gotten him some reps in live a live game. Well, <laughs> well, you kind of had that chance, you know, for the last seven weeks. Uh, there's kind of been that chance. Let me ask this question, and 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 this this may you know point in the direction of an answer. Jalen's comfort with his receivers. Um, and I'm specifically saying Jalen, but, you know, watch a broadcast and, and, you know, they talk about the quarterback's timing with the receivers. That's just broadcasting staple. Um, And so Jalen, who we're bringing along and developing, and we're seeing progress, we're seeing him, you know, evolve his, his ability as, as a passer uh, of the ball. Some of that obviously is, is is his getting better in reading plays and understanding sort of the fullness of, of, the, of the play and where the receivers are. And some of that comes with the security of who the receivers are. Am I going too out of my way to make an excuse for not getting the other receivers in based off of that? Or is there some merit to that as well?
2: That can be part of it. But when you have three guys who you're relying on at a position when when you are running as many three wides, four wides and five wides as this team is doing, um, there's really no reason after game four under the new rules uh, to get these guys out there and more run. Um, And so I'm more of a, oh my gosh, we dodged a bullet and we are going to correct that uh, going forward.
3: Yeah, I agree with you, right? I, I I think it's it's some of the reason. It's not all of the reason, um, and and I agree. Even even to the extent that it's part of the reason, you still could have done the other. I I agree with you. Um, I agree with you there. Where do you want to go? Where do you want to go next on offense? I mean, there was a lot more. Well,
2: yeah, I just want to quickly touch on um, uh, Damian Harris's touchdown run, uh, where he went up the middle and you know left his feet and, you know, fell back down behind the line of scrimmage or, you know, landed back on his feet behind the line of scrimmage and had the presence of mind to, to hit the end, which we appreciate him doing, and I'm glad he scored a touchdown. But you turned to me in the stands and you said, hey, they just brought in two extra defensive, you know, linemen on that play. You know, why didn't we try to go wide? And so it was interesting that they, that they took that approach after they had not converted a fourth down earlier. And so, you know, we talked a few weeks ago about these guys need to just let these guys who seem to be more comfortable, you know, pass blocking to just, you know, just line up and just blow them off the ball. And this was, you know, this was one of the more physical defensive fronts that this team has faced. And and it was frustrating at the lack of a push uh, that it seemed like we got in the running game. And so I can't remember a game where we get stopped on a fourth down up the middle and then the play on, you know, we've watched a lot of football games, man, Alabama's three yards in the cloud of dust. And so for him to jump up in the air and, and literally land back behind Ross again and run around the end, while I'm glad he scored a touchdown, I cringed a little bit, man. That's, that's not Alabama football.
3: No, I, I agree. And, and, you know, there were a couple of times, you know we were kind of calling for the tall sweep on that specific play you know they brought in you know they took out 240 numbers and put in 290 numbers you know <laughs> you don't have to know a lot to realize hey they're they're putting the beef in the middle they're expecting you know what we're going to do it's you know you think that's why there exists the tall sweep right to get to to get to the edge you know why and and I knew we wouldn't do a naked boot or something like that but you know if you just look at their personnel and where, you know, we are relative to the field, that's, you know, speed on the edge, right? That's, that's what you would want to do there. So, um, I mean, I'm glad we got the touchdown too, but I, it just points to I wish we had done uh, a little bit of something there on the edge, you know, uh, Pierce Baker, um, you know, was quoted in, in his, inter- his interview uh, is talking about this being one of the better defensive fronts that, that we've seen all season, which I think, you know, I think there's, there's something to that. Um, but, but still, we should have lined up and had you know more success, you know, running the ball. This was our second highest, you know, number of carries on the season. Uh, the other being the the Louisiana game, and that almost doesn't count because we only we only threw the ball three times in the second half. We were trying to just run out the clock. I think here more intentionally, and this talk to what we you know talked about last week, that we would be intentional in trying to slow down the game, slow down you know, uh, accrue time of possession um and you know we were able to do that i think we won the time of possession maybe for the first time this season uh on saturday and uh you know 45 carries but i think we can be i, th- I think we need to be more thoughtful not just in just plowing the ball up the middle but you know where do we attack um do we attack you know the a gaps do we uh, you know the inside rush or do we purposely try to get to the edge and i i'd like to see more of a mix and and look you, at some point we're just splitting hairs, but uh, I'd like to see more of a mix and more variety within the run game rather than just more runs.
2: No, absolutely. And, you know, speak to um, what else jumped out at you on the offensive side of the ball as far as, you know, just the scheme that we employed, a mixture of run versus pass, you know, touch on, touch on what else do you want to touch on as far as our game plan? Because we did talk about, you know, in the stands, we talked about, you know, when Missouri got those, those you know, 10 points, it did seem like, you know, going into the second half or even the end of the second quarter into the second half, there became a, a much more concerted effort uh, to shorten the game uh, and run the ball, and it seemed like the coaching staff or it seemed like Saban was like, you know, this is the number two quarterback projected in the NFL next year on the other side here. We don't want to get in a shootout with these guys, do you think that had more to do with with Tua getting banged up? Uh, because it seems like the you know when Jalen came in the game, we suddenly started running the ball a lot. So what do you think caused that? Because obviously Alabama was scoring you know pretty well in the first half there, and only getting nine points in the in the whole second half. Do do you think that we slowed the game down because Tua got hurt, or did we slow the game down because hey, Missouri's put already put up ten points on us in the first quarter?
3: Well, it, it, it might be a little bit of both. And, you know, one of the things that we said last week, uh, you know, talking about, you know, the, the, the Missouri game is that with, you know, regardless of what Saban is saying about not slowing down the offense, we think he's going to slow down the offense this week. And so, uh, so did we, you know, were we right that the, the intent was to slow down the offense? or were we right that we slowed down the offense because of, you know, to his injury? I mean, not to be noncommittal, it probably is a little bit of both. I mean, we probably with two in the, on, on, you know, out there, we probably do, you know, throw the ball around a little bit more, but, but I say that almost not not believing that because I think, you know, we still slung the ball around. I mean, he had 22 pass attempts. He just would have completed more of those. And, and so I don't know that, that the proportions would have changed. We just would have been more effective in the times that he threw the ball up. Um, And, uh, and I don't think we would have stalled out at the red zone in the red zone. I think we had three uh, stall outs in the red zone, including a, uh, you know, a fourth down uh, that didn't go well. I think if we're hitting a couple of more of those passes, then that softens up um, that softens up the middle for some of the run game uh, a little bit as well. So, um, I don't mean that to be a non-answer answer, but I I think that I think our intention was to slow the game down for the benefit of the defense. Uh, I think that we still would have top fifty or or at least high forties had we converted some of the uh, some of the field goals, uh, converted those into touchdowns, and then you know obviously a first down could have led to points, and an increased efficiency from Tua had he not been. Sort of conscious of striding through his balls
2: yeah definitely 12 of 22 seems uh um, you know that <laughs> obviously that injury had to play you know come into play a lot uh for him to be 12 of 22. right uh, anything right. El- Any
3: anything else on offense before we do many game balls you know i think we need to tighten up on penalties we had two touchdowns taken off you know taken off the scoreboard due to uh penalties and so, again, you know, that has a, that has an impact to the final score. And I would say the offensive line, I know we're, we're sort of talking about run game struggles, you know, we're pointing to the offensive line a little bit there. Um, you know, we've got three guys that are dinged up. Uh, Jonah, uh, Jonah still, I, I think, has some lingering impacts from his ankle sprain. Uh, Lester Cotton missed some time in practice last week. Uh, and at one point in the third, uh, he had to be sat down. And uh, Alex Leatherwood got a little dinged. Um, you know, we'll talk about this when we talk about next week's game. This is a team in need of a buy, And so um, I think we have a lot of, <laughs> we have a lot of ankles that are going to get better with a week off.
2: Well, I'm surprised we didn't see, you know, Matt Womack, you know, when, when, when that happened. Very
3: late. Yeah. No, you're right. Yeah. He, earlier,
2: you know, right? Yeah. We
3: see it it's weird to see him out there with, you know, late, so late in the game with, you know, the second, third teamers, I was like, what's he, it's like, it's like, he's slumming a little bit. And I don't, I don't mean that like in a literal sense, but it's like, Hey, I'm not used to seeing him so late in the game. You know, he doesn't come out when the backups come out.
2: So that just makes you wonder if when he came in, you know, it was just an emergency situation and maybe they just really weren't ready to bring him in when he came in and, you know, prior, you know, prior to this game. Right. So, what is uh? Who who do you want to give a uh, mini game ball to?
3: I'm going, Keith. Um, you know, I I, I you know, for a lot of the reasons, uh, he had a couple of catches. You know, he stepped up at a point when where we needed somebody to step up at wide receiver, and he kind of filled that. Uh, he does not get a lot of pub, but uh, you know, he ha- he has contributed to the team and the program uh, over his time in special teams. He's gotten more run this year at, at wide receiver you know, almost relegated to a fifth wide receiver with the youngsters. But, uh, uh, you know, he came in and contributed well in his limited role on Saturday. And so, again, the, in, in sort of the spirit of the mini game ball, uh, I think he got his, at least one first down, maybe, maybe two. But, uh, you know, he helped us move the ball, move the chains. And uh, so I'm going Derek Keith. All right. Well, he might he
2: might no longer qualify for a mini game ball of uh, my my selection, but I, I'm gonna go ahead and pick him now because he definitely will not in a few weeks ahead. Um for this for a similar reason. I'm actually gonna give it to Jalen Waddle. You know, this is a kid who has has definitely seized his opportunity in the past few weeks. We've noticed this guy, you know, getting more run at wide receiver than he was at the beginning of the season. And you know obviously when rugs and smith was out uh you know he was in play after play after play and um there was a couple passes from you know that that didn't make it to him for timing purposes but you know um this is this is one of these guys that you know it goes back to you know us obviously play obviously people have seen him on the punt returns and seen what he can do on the punt returns but obviously his versatility uh, to be able to be as effective as he is as a receiver as well. You know, getting this kid out of, you know, Bel Air, Texas, we are very ju- – just just kudos to this staff for for bringing this guy in. And kudos to this guy, and I guess that's the reason I want to give it to him very quickly, is we've seen players in years past, right, who've said, I can't go there because there's too much talent there, right? Well, to Jalen Waddell's credit, he he saw the national championship game. He saw what Judy and Ruggs and Smith did, right? He knew that they were all three going to be sophomores this year. And yet he still came to Alabama, right? And he knows these guys are going to be here for a couple of years. So j- just kudos to him for coming to this program and uh, being such a contributor so early
3: on. So, you know, hindsight being twenty twenty, 20 right? <laughs> should that have been our first, and maybe not first, but should should that have been an indication in, in the scheme of things that Tua was going to be the quarterback?
2: Yes, it should have been.
3: <laughs> I don't know that I've ever heard anybody connect those dots, but as, as you were saying that I was like, well, hell yeah.
2: <laughs> yep, absolutely. That should be very telling. Well, let's flip the field, man. I want to start with Raquan Davis, uh, WWE man. Yeah. Uh, ten, 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter, you know, the, the, the camera, the ESPN crew, you know, is able to get him, you know, landing three, you know, three blows in the back of uh, Missouri uh, guard. Ten minutes left in the game and you and i didn't get to see the facial expression from saban in the in the stands quite the way the camera at home uh showed it uh but he he chewed him out pretty good man raekwon definitely let the emotions get the best of him in that situation and, and got him a 15 yard penalty in the process
3: yeah, he absolutely did. I've never seen Johnny White hop on the uh, Johnny Dwight hop on the field as fast as, as he did. And and I knew that there was a personal file. I didn't see like the punches like in, in real time. I knew that there was a personal file. I knew it was on Raquan, and I knew it must be above and beyond when he gets immediately yanked uh, and Johnny Dwight, you know, comes in. You know, a lot of people are saying that he should have received more or there should have been a bigger penalty than just a 15-yard uh um you know count off and and I don't disagree with that I think you throw punches you know that 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 warrants uh you know that warrants something above just a a, a run of the mill personal foul but they didn't call it uh but we did take him out and we've seen you know players that in other teams that wouldn't have maybe taken the guy out so we took him out uh he came back in later but he did uh but he did come out I do think and and this is where you you know you're still dealing with young youngsters in a, in a game like this, but you know, the emotions got the best of them. Uh, That's, that's more excuse I think than reason, you know, because, you know, you could probably have something like that on nearly every play um, especially, you know, later in a game, but yeah, I wish he hadn't have done it. He did it. Uh, He apologized um, which, you know, I don't think you see that a lot necessarily. So I think he'll have an opportunity to, you know, correct his behavior and certainly something that coaches uh, will will spend some time emphasizing. We've seen this. We've seen this this season, where that little extracurricular can cost you. Uh, Christian Miller uh, early earlier in the season did that, kept a drive alive, and, and the team and the team scored a touchdown. Um, none of these games have been in question, but you do that exact same thing in a tight ball game, and it can cost you the game. So. It's definitely will be a point of emphasis, not just for uh, for Quan, but for um, you know the team, because we've got to maintain our composure better than that.
2: Well, what else? What else? Where do you want to go next on uh, on defense?
3: <clears throat> you know, I liked uh, uh, Savon Smith. I think had a pretty good day. He stepped in for uh, for Diggs. I thought it was a first play of the game. I, I thought it was Missouri's first play. I think maybe it was their their second play. You know, they tried to get uh, a one-on-one matchup. And uh, could not get the receiver uh, over the top of uh, uh, of Savon, and so you know he had just a, a really nice, almost like they were throwing the ball to uh, to him. Uh, had a really nice interception, and um, and returned it. Uh, looks like maybe he had stepped out. Uh, looked like he got down to like the four, but uh, apparently, and it was a far side of the field, and uh, you know live at the stadium, we couldn't see all the the, the replays, but it looked like maybe he had stepped out. And, um, and so he got the ball, Alabama got the ball at the 14 or so, but, but that was a big play because they picked on him early. Uh, and my, my thought, sort of my offhand comment in the stadium was, you know, Stevie Wonder saw that on Tuesday, of course, they're going to pick on him early in the game. Uh, and the fact that he grabbed it, uh, was prepared for that, grabbed it and, uh, had a little bit of return. I thought was great. He had a second pick and, uh, this was more about just staying home, doing your job, um, you know, we got Drew Locke scrambling. Uh, they were trying to trying to drive and, and score. And it and it at one point he just throws the body, just puts the ball up, throws it across his body. Uh, you know, hoping that a receiver is going to break into an open uh, portion of the end zone. And and just again just went right to Savion. And and uh, he acted like he was going to do something with it, but you know appropriately took a knee there. So I think he looked really good. And then I think you know by extension I think the secondary looked good.
2: Well let me talk about uh Mac Wilson for a second. Um, you know, after the Arkansas game talked about the, the scheme and the game plan and you know the, the screens across the middle, etc. You know, Mac Wilson took ownership after that game and was not very happy and you know came out and said in the press that he had played his worst game of his career. And Know, went took it upon himself this week to to watch and um you know responded uh, responded in this game uh, in a big way uh, leading the team on the stat sheet um you know obviously we talk about the lack of depth and we, we talk about the fact that you know we're sitting here you know running two uh, running two linebackers in a base nickel uh, but just want to give a shout out to Mac Wilson because obviously we rely on him and, and Dylan a lot. Um, but, you know, finishing with 11 tackles and a sack and a tackle for law, one and a half tackle for loss, uh, just kudos to him. And, and he was a big part, uh, in why Missouri only put 10 points on the board.
3: Yeah, I think you're spot on. I think you've got a lot of players that are, <clears throat> I, I, you know, I would just say mouthy and, and they're going to say, oh, we need to bounce back and have a big game. And, you know, you don't put a lot of stock in it, but when Mac, you know, said, Hey, I take personal accountability for this you know, you almost take for granted, okay, he's going to have a big day Saturday. And, and he did, right. And he lived up to that. And so I think that's, uh, I think that's good to see. Right. And, and that speaks to, I think his, um, you know, his personality, his, uh, his character, his ability and the fact that he sort of doubled down in his prep and his execution and had a big day. I think that that significantly uh, speaks to his uh, leadership.
2: I also want to talk to uh, Quinn and Williams, um, obviously, he had big shoes to fill. You know, we talk about what really sets Saban apart is, you know, these other big programs who who traditionally year after year do great recruiting. They bring in the same four and five star guys, right? And sometimes they even bring in more five star guys than Alabama does currently. But what I really think sets this program apart is what they do with them when they get here. And, you know, from the time they're freshmen until the time they're juniors and seniors, um, they just continue to develop at a pace far greater than these other programs. And Quentin Williams is a great example of this, man. This guy comes in and he's being asked to do a lot, um, asked to, uh, to play, you know, and, and man the middle and uh, next man up. And, and we don't have a lot of depth there either. And he finishes second on the day. Uh, seven tackles, six of those solo tackles, yep. right? He had one sack and two tackles for loss, and I'm pointing this out now because I really didn't give him a mini game ball maybe right now, but this will be his third. This was his third game of the year with six or more uh, solo tackles. Yes. And he's in the middle of the defense. That's not easy to do, man, and uh, that that's a that's
3: a big deal. No, and then his his stat line is always the you know the most fun when you look at you know the box score of all the the defensive players. You know, there's the total tackles, uh, and then it and then it breaks it out. You know, as you know, versus the assists, and and then it gets into was total.
2: I'm I'm sorry, real quick, it was total. So I said that wrong. He this is the third game he's had six or more total tackles, right, which is right. still a big deal.
3: No, but 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 you know, and then it goes on and it counts. You know, hurries and sacks and tackles for losses and. And, you know, all, all of the different stats and he's got, he's got a crooked number in almost every stat, right? Everyone else is like, Oh, I've got some tackles and, and some assists and then I've got a run of zeros, right? He's got, he puts a number in almost every box. Um, and, and he does that almost every week. He is a, uh, you know, and, you know, everyone, he's undersized and all of this stuff, but he's a phenomenal contributor. And uh, he's a defensive lineman that uh, that a lot of people I don't think still know his name. And so he's a little underrated in, in that regard. But, you know, there's not an offensive lineman in the league um, that hasn't heard of him. So um, I think um, I think I'm, I'm glad that and you're right. It's development. Everybody can get a four star. But who's going to take it and and maximize that guy? Uh, we've seen that a lot uh, under Coach Saban and um, and, you know, Quentin is just just like the next guy. And uh, but it's not like just a guy. He's the next guy that's going to be, you know, an NFL lineman.
2: No, absolutely. And, you know, back to like we were talking about on offense, uh, as far as, you know, who's getting to play in these situations, we didn't run a lot of guys out there on the defensive side of the ball. Right. There, there were guys that didn't see the field that, you know, I guess we just felt like, you know, in this situation, you know, they're not going to get run. And so we were we were pretty limited. I don't know participation, how many defensive players before we had mop up, I guess, is what I'm referring to. Sure, sure. But I don't think we went more than 14, 15 guys in the rotation uh, well into, you know, late in the fourth quarter. I
3: might bump that up a little bit because we did go some 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 dime and, and like, you know, but, but your point is still valid, right? We, there were not, you know, hockey line changes. We, you know, we would rotate, you know, some spot guys, but uh, there was not a lot of wholesale uh, rotation, uh, even, even, you know, late, late in the game. Uh, so I think you're right. I think we, we kept a short bench there on defense. Well, what are you, uh, anything else on defense before we do mini game balls? <clears throat> I think that, you know, with Savion's play, uh, I think you know showed that he can step into the defense, into the secondary. I think this secondary has really matured as the season has has gone on. Uh, maybe at a faster clip than what we were expecting, uh, but you consider you know the teams that we've played. Missouri throws the ball all over the lot. You know, Louisville. Uh, you take an all Miss team, and uh, you know, and even you know, even even some of the lesser teams that they sling the ball all over the yard. And this defense and this is in particular the secondary has acquitted itself very well. Well, we enter a stretch now with the remaining teams on our schedule. They don't rate nearly as high uh, in terms of uh, passing efficiency, yardage, passing offense. You know, we've got we've got teams that are in the second 50, right? 50 and above 60 and above this. And even though they're name brand programs, Mississippi State and LSU, uh, you know, even, you know, even in Auburn at Tennessee, uh, even though they're name brand programs, um, it's almost like in some regards, they set up because they're going to fall into our wheelhouse. Um, they don't throw the ball as effectively just as our secondary is, is blossoming and coming into their own, which is going to make it that much harder for them to pass. Um, I'm excited about this, this next stretch. Let's get this game down. Let's get a buy under us, uh, but I'm excited about this next stretch. Um, I know that's probably a an offshoot direction. Uh, why don't you give me your defensive uh, game ball? Well, I will say real
2: quick to your point, you know, because you know there are there are there is consideration that Diggs might not be done for the year, right? There's there's been one report that he might be, and and Saban has you know been asked to speculate, and and he's not going to you know come out sure. and and be more definitive. But you know, to your point, if if the team's going forward. Uh, do not have the efficiency of teams that we've played up until this point, you know, while, while I hope digs comes back, that obviously bodes well for, you know, for this defense to be able to kind of, you know, endure going forward. Um, so as far as many game balls, um, on the defensive side, you know, I think I'm going to have to, I I think I'm going to have to give this one. I mean, it's tough. There's a couple of different guys that, that I was kind of, why, why don't you go first and let me let me see where you go and then I'll go next.
3: Well, I yeah, I'm in the same boat. I've got three guys uh, circled and and hopefully hopefully we're thinking about some of the same folks. Uh, I'm going to go and as much as I want to go, somebody in the secondary. I'm going to go Phil Darian Mathis. He is seeing run earlier and earlier in games uh, on the defensive front, and so it was good to see him uh, get into the game earlier. He's he's a guy that it's it's kind of fun to watch because he's a big old boy. I mean, he goes about three twenty you know, 315, 320, which he's down from, you know, 340, 345 last season. And uh, uh, and so he's he's down a little bit. He wears a 40 series number. I think he's 48. And so you see him, and he's really athletic. And so you see 48 sort of running all over the place, and you think, who's this new linebacker uh, <laughs> that, that, that I'm not familiar with? And and I catch myself multiple times reminding myself, oh, no, no, that's, that's a defensive lineman. Uh, that's uh, that's in there being, uh, you know, athletic. And so I like the fact that he's developing and contributing to the rotation because we know sometimes it only takes one more guy, one guy stepping in and, and taking, you know, 20 snaps a game that really allows everyone else to play better. Um, and if he can play at his 100% for 18 snaps, then that allows a Quinn or a Quan or a Bugs to play more snaps at, at top end. And so sometimes it only takes a little bit to get a lot. And I think Phil Darien is helping us develop that across the defensive front. And we're gonna need that. We've talked about next opponents not being as effective passing the ball. That means we're gonna see a lot of run. And that means that's where it, we are especially gonna need some depth up front. And so I think Phil Darien is going to more and more contribute and fill that role.
2: All right, well I'm going to go uh I'm going to go a little different in the spirit of the of the mini game ball. I'm just going to give a shout out to to a player uh Stefan Wynn Jr. Okay. Um you know, he he got into the game and got on the stat sheet for the third time in uh this season, uh second time in the last 2 weeks. You know, Anderson South Carolina boy, uh 6'4, 300. I want guys going forward just to look for number 90 when he's in the game because he, he kind of speaks to what you're saying with Mathis. Um, you know, we talk about, you know, why aren't these linebackers getting more run? Cause we need them at, you know, we need more depth at linebacker. Well, this true freshman, uh, is obviously not slated for redshirt and is, uh, getting his run for the third time to get on the stat sheet. And so, uh, I just want to keep an eye out on this guy going forward and, and kind of see where this goes from here.
3: No, I think that's spot on. And he's a guy that missed a lot of time in camp, uh, with, with injury. And so, to to say that he started the season sort of behind would be accurate. And the fact that he's maximized the reps, fewer reps, uh, but maximize those in um, you know, in season is uh is a testament to his ability and 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 sort of the same thing with, with Mathis, right? We're we're reaching a segment of the season where we're gonna need more help defensively up front. And we'll take it where we can get it.
2: Hey, one more thing, just real quick shout out to the overall defense, finished the game with eight tackles for loss. Um, you know, I haven't tracked how, how that ranks as far as the season goes, but just, you know, once again, we were going against a pretty good quarterback. So, uh, eight tackles for a loss, uh, for a total in a game is a pretty big deal and, and holding a a guy like this to 10 points is, you know, shutting them out in three quarters.
3: Absolutely. Four sacks is a, is a part of that. I, I completely agree. Right. I, I think that, uh, it really speaks well for the defense especially after you know call it you know being maligned or the disappointing performance if you will against Arkansas uh, to rebound well um, against this Missouri team really speaks uh, to the uh, responsiveness of the defense so that's a good shout out as well take us to the special teams
2: all right man so um I, I wish I could be at practice this week to take in, to keep an eye out for number 98. And for the listeners, that's Mike Bernier, okay? Transfer from Eastern Illinois, you know, listed as a senior on the depth chart uh, from Madison, Alabama originally. You know, this guy's got to be thinking, this is my chance this week, right? Because, you know, I got beat out by a true freshman, DeLong, at punter, you know, Delong didn't even have to punt for the last 2 weeks, right? We we kitted uh, uh, we looked at him as in warmups and to start the second half and how well he was, you know, putting a foot on the ball, you know, when the, you know, when the whistle's not blown and it's time to, you know, make a play. But uh Delong's got to be looking over his shoulder. He's got to have his head on a swivel this week uh because <clears throat> you know, <clears throat> we're hoping you're not going to be called to punt a lot. Uh but when you get your first shot in 3 weeks, we don't need a 12 yarder. No. So if, so if I'm Mike Bernier, man, I, I am um I've got an extra pep in my step at practice this week. Yeah. You think like we waited three games for this, <laughs> you know, and this is not, I'm not, I'm not trying to be, and I'm not hating on Skylar, right? No, I'm just saying that, 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 you know, we need special teams to step up when we need you to step up and we need to be able to win the field position and flip the field and, and you, 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 you won the job outright. So now you better, you know, keep up that intensity if you want to keep it.
3: Yeah, I agree, right? And especially in the spirit of, you know, Saban wants floors not ceilings, right? And so if if the other guy can, can you know, a 12-yard stinker is going to happen, but it's, you know, it's just unfortunate that that's when it happened. You know, we haven't had we haven't had to punt in a couple of weeks and then when we do, you know, the that's what we get. It's there's a little bit of, you know, I'll take the guy that can hit 35 yards every time you know, if if this is the risk that we're gonna run. And, you know, just in the way of of you know, irony being what it is, not that not that he was going to red shirt, but this was his fourth game. <laughs> and so that was his one kick in his fourth game that uh, like that officially burned his redshirt. <laughs> and it's like, what? <laughs> we burned a red shirt for that. And again, I'm not picking on the guy. I just find this situation funny, you know, in an ironic way, not in a malicious way. But I just, you know, I just look at all that and it's like, of course, that's what we're going to get.
2: And we can talk about it this way right this second, right? The good news for this kid is he needs to realize the pressure is not on, right? The game is not in doubt. This wasn't wasn't a punch you made with five minutes left in the fourth quarter to let the, you know, highly touted Drew Locke come down the field and beat you at
3: home, right? Right. This could have been worse. Oh, absolutely. When, you know, yeah, and so you think in in that type of situation, what would we do? And right now, to your point, um that's up in the air. No pun intended. Well, it makes
2: it makes you wonder in the next few weeks as we get into the, you know, to some more interesting matchups, it does make you wonder, you know, where on the field we will punt versus going forward as we used to say with our field goal kickers, right? And so we, we said there were certain field goal distances, you know, last year and the year before that we would not attempt. It'll be interesting to see if we work a few more uh, fourth down plays into the into the repertoire to pull out if need be in the middle of the field.
3: Well, that's an interesting segue, right? Because, uh, you know, both of, uh, both of us went, you know, three or four with a long of 30. Um, that doesn't blow my skirt up, man.
2: No, absolutely. And so, you know, he's got to be thinking in the back of his mind, if I get into a tight game, you know, this is something that, you know, this is something that, you know, it concerns him, right, for obvious reasons. Um, Speak a little bit to Josh Jacobs. Um, You know, obviously, you know, highly touted running back could start for a lot of teams um, just like the other guys could on on our deep bench at running back. But just you know, obviously, love the firiness in this kid, and and you know just his ability to stick his nose and get his nose in there and and block for the other running back when when there's two of them in the game, etc. But you know he, he teams are going to stop kicking to him on kickoffs, right? I mean he yeah. he I guess I guess he did not get the uh he did not get the alert of you know just take a knee and we'll give it to you at the 25 man he he's testing your theory man uh time after time after time
3: yeah i'm a little mixed on that right because he he racked up 88 yards and uh, and i thought ah oh, just there's a lot of phantom yards in that but he did have a 50 yard return and then but then you think i don't know how much of that you know do you sort of discount and so I, uh, I, you know, I'm kind of mixed. I like having the threat. Don't, you know, don't mishear me. I like having the threat. And if we truly are, and, and we've praised, you know, banks, uh, Jeff Banks, uh, you know, in prior shows. So if we are truly doing, a, you know, two things can be true, right? If we're truly doing our homework and seeing where there are opportunities then let's exploit those opportunities because we have the talent to be able to do it. And sometimes that's going to work. And sometimes it's not going to work and I can live with that. But if we're just, you know, Hey, he's pretty good. Let him return everything. Then I don't agree with that. And so I'm not trying to contradict. I just think, and and there's enough that I don't know that I want to be careful, careful about that. But I mean, it is true. They'll give it to you on the 25. And so if you're going to return it from the three, then I feel like, you know you owe me 22 before you get anything um and unfortunately we don't count stats stats that way so i'm a little mixed on that because i feel like for the first time that we're that we're not just willy-nilly doing this that we are studying and assessing and taking shots um so i don't know i'm not going to change my philosophy but i'm going to allow room for study and calculated risk.
2: Well, what's interesting, right? And this is why I wanted to bring it up to you is he finished on the day for three kick returns for 88 yards, a 29.3 average and a long of 50 yards. And so what is so interesting about that, right. Is had, you know, and and I'm not a big, okay. Football is football, man. People are going to get hurt. I wasn't a fan of the rule that you can just take a knee anywhere on the field you know, and, and get it at the 25. But even with that great return of 50 yards, right. That got his stat to 29.3. If it, you know, under this new rule, which obviously they were trying to get rid of kick returns, you know, had we taken a knee three times, he would have had three returns for 75 yards, a 25 point average. He would have only had 13 less yards than he got for all that effort with his 50 yard
3: return. Yes. And no, (laughs) yes. And no. Those yards would not have accrued to him.
2: Oh, okay, okay. As far as had he had he had he taken a knee,
3: I got you. And that's the okay. thing. That's the thing on that stat that 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 bothers me. Um, if you return it, if like you catch it on the two and you run to the twelve, yay, you get ten yards. Uh, but it cost your team fifteen yards. Uh, whereas if you just take a knee at the two. You don't get anything on your personal stat line, but the team gets, you know, the full benefit of the of the 23. And so it's just every time I think and I don't don't want to get all wound up about it again. But just every time it's like, don't count yardage until you get to 25 because you count it sometimes and you don't count it other times. And you actually count it when it's maybe the wrong decision as opposed to counting it when it's the right decision. So, I mean, either count it both ways, which that would be a little crazy or count it when it's legit when it's a ball and i get their metric is with the the player is it literally advancing the ball but you know what if i take a knee i've advanced the ball too so i i'm not going to change my philosophy on that that's just where i'm dug in and i think if you just continue if if that's what you do and you do that i'm okay if you never return it however i will accommodate that we are studying we've got talent and there are, there are specific times, it's like a blitz, right? Don't blitz every play, don't do that. But if there's an opportunity where we can blitz twice a game, you know, a corner blitz twice a game or once a game or once every two weeks, then let's let's exploit a weakness, but let's just not do it to, for, for the sake of doing it because one time we'll get lucky. No, let's make it a calculated risk where you know half of the time you know what i mean let's get our let's get our odds better
2: well i just wanted to get you route up because you know it was no, a great you did. return you did it was a great return right but yeah. then on the net line you still look at it net net which is why you've made the point before so it goes
3: back to and look this this you know We've been doing this for so long, and I have some things just sort of burned in my head that we continue to reference. And so it's like, you know, here's a Wayback Machine, right? It's Julio Jones' end, end around touchdown against San Jose State. To this day, I am not happy about that play.
2: <laughs> and um, unfortunately for the team right now, they have so many wide receivers uh, that they are, you know, comfortable with that when we run it now, you're okay just because we have more than one person.
3: Yeah, but but still, to me, it's who you would do that with. I wouldn't want to do that with Jerry Judy. If you want to do that with Ruggs because you know, he he's a little more of a sturdy guy. I wouldn't do that with Devonta. Uh, but if you want to do that with a Chidarius, uh, if you want to do that, you know, with an Xavier Marks, I mean, it's it's to me, it's all about who you do that with. And it what, is
2: interesting though. we've done it a couple of times this season, right? Yeah, and you would think Marks would be like a somebody you absolutely would do it with because you were comfortable doing it with him on punt returns.
3: Yeah. I think yeah. Like a good
2: opportunity for him to contribute to the team.
3: Right. So I, I don't know. I, I, you know, I'm not a big, you know, I'm not a big end around guy anyways. I know that we've done that and, and I like spreading the field. And so I don't mind incorporating that, um, you know, once a week, uh, something like that, but it, that's not my favorite play, but I, I like the intention of what you're trying to do, defend the entire field. But I just think you should be careful. You don't, you don't do it with your thoroughbred. You don't do it with the guy who, you know, we do that with Calvin Ridley or Mari Cooper. And it's like, do we not realize if we lose those guys, we're done. We're done. Um, well, that speaks
2: to what I was saying about two earlier, right? It's beginning right. of the show, right? Yeah. So, well, let's, let's flip the field here, man. Um, or, or flip the conversation here. I sure. I, I knew this moment was going to come. I wanted to delay it, kind of like delaying Kirby Smart. Uh, you know, obviously I'm 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 happy for Pruitt. Um, you know, he's given a lot to the program. I knew the day was going to come where you know we were going to have this conversation of you know Saban versus yet another uh, protege. And so uh, obviously, you know, doing some good things in his first season. You know, started out of the gate with a very tough opponent uh, in West Virginia. Um, You know, obviously they had, what, four or five turnovers at Georgia, uh, which obviously drastically affected that game. Uh, But big win for them at Jordan-Hare on Saturday. Um, You know, obviously they're going to be, you know, we're going to be going into Neyland Stadium with a lot of momentum from Tennessee. You know, how do you think this goes against a a three and three uh, Tennessee volunteer program?
3: Yeah, you know, I don't think there's any surprise that the volunteers are getting better and that they still have life and they haven't they haven't sort of given up on their season. Now, there's a cap to how good they can be, but they've not, you know, they've not cashed in. Right. And so I think the bigger surprise would be if that's if that's what they were doing. So I, you know, I'm not surprised, you know, the whole thing, it was, it was, you know, what is it? shock and Freud, I think I'm mispronouncing the German term. When you, when you sort of enjoy the misery of someone else, well, that was December, right? When Tennessee was going through their, their, uh, coaching search, man, that was just a lot of fun watching them botch that. Uh, and, Absolutely. Then, when they, and, and then when they hired Jeremy Pruitt, it's like wait a second, they may have just gotten this right. And, um, you know, and and he was seven or eight deep in in their list. And I probably thought he was a year away from getting a job. But um, at the same time, I thought that, you know, he's going to do this and he's going to do well. And so after all sort of my enjoyment, they may have just gotten it right. And and so we'll see. It was a big win for them uh, against Auburn. And that's certainly a team, um, you know, Tennessee and Auburn going in opposite directions is, um, you know, Probably what you would have expected uh, in August, but role reversed, right? And so that's that. You know that was I kind of <laughs> kind of enjoyed that too. Um, look, I think that you know Saban is is undefeated against his assistants. I don't think um, that trend changes Saturday. It will one day, but I don't think Saturday. And um, you know I think Tennessee's going to be down uh, two linebackers. One is out for the season. Uh, and then their leading tackler uh, was called for targeting in the second half uh, against the Auburn game. And so he's going to miss the first half of this game. I think by the time he comes back in in the second half, it might be game over. But, uh, you know, maybe here's the million dollar question. Uh, and then we can sort of pick scores and stuff. But, you know, what's the quarterback? What's, what's your thought going back to earlier in the show? What's your thought on quarterback play, uh, Alabama, Tennessee?
2: I think Tua gets, Tua, Tua starts the game. They see how two is looking. Uh, they they know what lies ahead in this season, uh, you know, undefeated. Um, they know there's a bye, but then they know at LSU is right around the corner, right? Yep. And so right this second, you know, I don't think we see two in the second half. I think the game is over at halftime. I don't think we see him in the third quarter as much as he'd like to play. Um, I, I think that if he's able to go. OK, if if all the ice baths and and all the treatment and and everything they're able to do gets him to play a half of this game, I think that's all we see him. I do think that, you know, good old fat feel uh, choosing to, you know, lead the players for the post game song and, you know, put out on social media how he doesn't care for the state of Alabama. Well, thank you, Phil, for doing that. Right. right. Because, um, you know, maybe there were some players just like, you know, we're playing against our boy Pruitt. But then, when Fat Phil decided to, you know, sh- you know, open his mouth, uh, I think to your point, that's going to put a little. That's going to put the focus back on this is Alabama, Tennessee, right? And so, I think, um, I-, I think we see Tua in the first half, and I see, I think we see Jalen in the third quarter, <clears throat> and then I think we see uh, Mac Jones in the fourth quarter.
3: Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think that I think you know, two is gonna is gonna play, and I would love, and this you know, this has been it's almost unfair to ask for this or in any way expect it, except for we've only seen it, you know, through seven weeks, I would love for him to come out and score a couple of quick touchdowns and let's get it, you know, 14, to nothing, let's get it 17 to nothing. Let's get it, you know, 21 to three, you know, in the first quarter, which I know sounds crazy, but, but we've seen it so often this season that you almost come to expect it. And so if we do that in the first quarter, I wouldn't be surprised if we went to more of a 50, 50 rotation in the second quarter, and then it was the Jalen, you know, Tyler show, you know, the rest of the way, I would be very pleased with that. I would rather us take Tua out early um, to ensure that he's a hundred percent rather than us run up the score against Tennessee and and run the risk of him only being, you know, 72% or 78% against LSU. Um, I, so I would have a quick trigger Saban doesn't. Saban doesn't have a quick hook on that kind of thing. I would. Uh, so I think that might be one of the more interesting things to see. Um, does does he play beyond what we feel comfortable? And my bet, there's what I want, and there's what I would bet, and I would bet that he does.
2: Oh, I would agree with that. Well, I think this is going to be kind of like it was at their house two years ago, uh, which was a, a you know, it was a CBS 330 game. It was a 49-10 score. Uh, I think we're gonna see something very similar, except I think that you know, we're gonna we're gonna get some field goals here and and um I, I think that Saban is not gonna want to show up, you know, his boy yep. Pruitt, right? Yep. but I think we're going to break 50. And I, I think this is gonna be a 52 to 10 ball game.
3: I think um um I think you're right. I think that he doesn't want to show up uh, Pruitt. I think 50 is sort of that line of demarcation, right? Not that he's trying to show up anybody. I just think that he especially uh, is going to not want to do that. I've got 45 to 10, but I can, you know, but I can see, and we've seen this before, I can see someone breaking that long run, you know, late in the game and, and it pushes above, you know, to your score, um, you know, 52 to 10. I've got 45 to 10, I could see someone breaking that long run. And since we've referenced, you know, past games before, I just remember that long touchdown against uh, Michigan state when, you know, we're just running the ball, running the ball, running the ball, trying to burn the the clock and we score a long touchdown and Saban is like throwing his headset and throwing, you know, he's, he's visibly angry that we are in the process of running a 60 yard touchdown. And, And just to see both of those happen at the same time was hilarious And, and I wouldn't be surprised if we see something like that at the end of this, um, they're going to be, it's now they're going to be a hyped up crowd. And so, and that place is loud, you know? And so we're going to need to come out and jump on them early to take the crowd out of the game. But I don't think that, I don't think the outcome's in jeopardy though.
2: No, not at all. Well, man, um, I know you got some. I know. You, I know you got some feedback from the listeners that you want to kind of touch on in the show this week.
3: Yeah, we have, and I know we've kind of put this off, uh, you know, just from from scheduling. But uh, and and we weren't. we are not going to catch up all of the feedback because we've gotten quite a lot. But we've gotten, uh, you know, uh, a number of folks leaving us reviews on the iTunes, and we especially appreciate that because that helps us in the rankings and that helps people find us and so you know we just wanted a little self-indulgent but a little bit hey we appreciate uh appreciate the fans you know leaving uh leaving comments and so i'm I'm i'll run through a couple of these there will absolutely be a trend because i'm going oldest to newest there absolutely be a trend that uh you'll pick up but uh we've got norris the cat saying uh i love the podcast if you're an alabama fan this is the podcast you should be listening to the hosts give you insight into the games plays and players that you will not find anywhere else. While sometimes they do come off as homers, they are not afraid to criticize play calls and coaching decisions when warranted. I have gotten more insight into offense and defensive strategies here than I have anywhere else. Sometimes I go back and watch replays of games or drives because the hosts have pointed something out that I didn't notice while watching the game. Sometimes my, (laughs) this is good, sometimes my buddies and I play a drinking game while listening. Every time you hear the phrase no absolutely man you t- you take a shot uh seriously great show I uh, just wish there was more of them in the off season to get my fix roll tide so that's pretty good
2: absolutely uh, man we appreciate the shout out
3: I, I like that there's a drinking game about uh some some of our uh, go to uh expressions so that's good cool. We'll try to we'll
2: try to use that phrase more yeah. going forward here to <laughs> help
3: right. my right for that so AR Ar Steve says, uh, two guys uh, talking football. Uh, this is a special time in college football. The Alabama uh, championship dominance will go down as one of the greatest dynasties in sports. I agree with that. Uh, if you're lucky enough to witness and experience uh, this history in the making, you need a resource like this podcast to fully appreciate what we're seeing. Uh, This is just two guys talking football. It has given me new insights into the game and better understanding of what makes the Saban era so special. Thank you, as always. I look forward to your next podcast roll time. That is that is flattering. Um, We've got uh, Paul Malov saying uh, after every game, always look forward to the weekly breakdown breakdown by Tom and Dave. I usually agree with Tom about the offensive uh, play calling and how it leaves something to be desired. Uh, I'm usually satisfied. Uh, Some of these are early in the year, so more reflective of last season. Uh, I'm usually satisfied with the defense and just enjoy hearing the guys uh, point out how awesome they played, unless it was poorly executed and the TVs don't turn around to – to play the ball it's good to hear uh other fans with unbiased uh views and realistic opinions about how the team uh played and how good they are Uh, i've been listening since 2011 and always bemoan the time in between seasons when the podcast goes dark Uh, if i could offer any suggestions it would be to do an a day podcast a summer uh practice update and discussions uh um, in a uh, season preview uh, I realized that, uh, you know, you guys are doing this on free time, but really appreciate it. So, oh, and he's waiting for a championship podcast. And at the time we had not uh, released anything on that. Uh, and then I'll do a couple more. These are much shorter. Um, so this well, is West. On, very, very
2: quickly, man. We appreciate you being a longtime listener, man. So Absolutely. thank you for that.
3: 2011, that goes way back. So that's awesome. That was when that San Jose State game uh, was played that I referenced. Um, so this is West 2489. I wish they could come out with a podcast every week, Uh, even go over the SEC topics, but mainly Bama. Keep them coming. Don, uh, 89520, where y'all been? (laughs) Will there be a championship show? Um, And we did a little something, uh, but, uh, yeah, we were well off the mark on that one. And then uh, uh, we'll end with this one. All of these are five stars, which is awesome. Uh, even when you guys have questions for us, you're giving us five stars. We really appreciate that. This is, uh, looks like, uh, Briley or B Riley, uh, two, seven, five, seven, three, three. Love this podcast. Uh, been really hoping a new episode would come out covering the national championship game. Uh, um, and then in, he indicates that he's probably at this point, not expecting it, but again, we did come out with something. It was later and, uh, we're a little, uh, negligent in that regard, but, uh, we do appreciate, the folks reaching out Uh, we had a lot in the offseason reaching out and even as the season continues we so greatly appreciate it the five star reviews are awesome the questions we get in email are just flat awesome and uh, we ask for more of that and we will try to engage uh, as well as we can through that process tom any of these stand out at you anything that uh i mean i like the 2011 and i just like people saying that they learn about the game listening to us you and i kind of talked about that uh, at dinner the other night like wow people are are enjoying it to that degree it's flattering it truly is
2: well absolutely man this is why we started doing this years ago man because you know that long ago we weren't getting you know we weren't getting any of this conversation we couldn't find it right right we could find a two-minute blurb on the national networks and you know this is this is what we were already doing and and we decided just to put it out there and and see if anybody else and would enjoy it and uh we hope that you are and we hope that you continue enjoying it uh, we we just ask that you you know just spread the word, man, and, and let some of your buddies know, and because we want to try to get as many people out there exposed to it and, and and get their thoughts as well. So thank you very much.
3: Absolutely, I I, I certainly uh, I certainly second that. So hey, we appreciate all of you for listening, for downloading, for sticking with us, and uh, again share the word and uh, leave us some reviews and comments and questions. We greatly appreciate it. In the meantime, this has been another edition of the Alabama Football Podcast. Roll Tide. Thanks for listening to the Alabama Football Podcast. We love that you're tuned in and hope that you enjoyed the show. We encourage you to reach out and let us know what you like, where we can improve, or just to shout out a roll tide. We are where you are. iTunes, Facebook, Twitter, email newsletters, t-shirts, free roster downloads, and of course on the web at alabamafootballpodcast.com. Check us out where you'll find easy links to your favorite
0: way to follow the tie. Got that, Coach? Of course. Roll Tide.